Lord, um, uh, we come to you in the name of your son, uh, through whose blood we have entrance into uh, your throne room. Uh, we come also because uh, you have given us access by faith uh, to talk to you by the sealing of your spirit. We ask you this evening that you will please uh, visit us by thy word. Because apart from the revelation of your word, there is no manifestation uh, of your presence, of your glory, of your beauty, and of your purposes. Uh, I pray there are we we are we are different age groups here. I just pray that you, O Lord, by the uh, revelation unfolding of your word, will speak to us, O Lord God, and give us the humility to sit at the feet of your uh, feet uh, as you, Holy Spirit God, uh, minister to us from your word. I pray that all my words will fall to the ground, but only your words, O Lord, will be planted in our hearts. And I pray that your word will bear fruit, O Master. Please glorify yourself and just show us Jesus Christ, for that will be sufficient. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, There are a few worksheets. This is what we do in our uh, Bible study group. Uh, If you don't mind, just take those worksheets uh, uh, and then we will uh, look at a few truths this evening uh, i am i don't like doing this uh, but because this is the first time i'm coming to uh, speak in our youth fellowship i thought i will do this i we usually like taking a passage and kind of studying that passage but because uh, uh, i we coming for the first time i thought we will study a particular topic uh, this evening uh, on all your worksheets there are 10 points right so kindly don't assume that this fellow will take 10 minutes for each point, so that's going to be 1 hour, 40 minutes. I was given 1 hour, I will try and finish before that. But uh, if you can, would you please turn the page or on flip the page on the other side? Yeah, we will begin there. What do you see there? Yeah. So please take a few minutes. Okay, what is an epitaph? An epitaph is what they put on the tombstones of dead people. Once you die, they write your name. And then they write Nehemiah October 23, 1986 and dash whenever I die. And then Nietzsche, they write, uh, you know, a, a little part which says, okay, you know, he lived a whatever life. Usually most people cut, copy, paste. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've kept my faith, which is Paul's. That is what people take, copy and paste it there. So what we will do is we will take probably one minute, 60 seconds and write down what you would want to have on your epitaph. How many of you understand Telugu? Okay. Meeru chanipen tarvata, me samadhi rai paina, me gurinchi yevi chappa badali and kuntunara drayandi. Okay. It can be one word, it can be one line, uh, just uh, fill it up. Think and write. I asked a friend of mine to write, he said, I will write, um, every dog has its own day. Uh, <laughs> I asked another friend of mine, uh, she said, uh, a, a, a person who comes to our Bible study, she said, uh, uh, you're in queue. <laughs> so whoever is reading it will understand that you're in queue. A friend of mine, uh, you know, who's uh, a wonderful uh, a person who has been transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, a friend who's come from a Hindu background, his name is Shankar, he became Shaker. They call him Streetlight Shaker, he's got an organization called Streetlight uh, you know, he's like the uh, upcoming Mother Teresa. That's what he does. He, when we asked him what he would write in a conference, he said, congratulations, you have conquered the grave. Okay, that's what he said he will write because he's saved. Uh, so please take a minute 
అండ్ పెన్ డౌన్ యువర్ థాట్స్ మీరు చనిపోతే మీ సమాధి రాయిపోయినా ఏమి ఉండాలనుకుంటున్నారు As you are writing, one, one man said, I knew this would happen if I hang out for a long time. That was his thing. Maybe 20 more seconds. Okay. So, anybody, how many of you did not write? It's easy to count how many of you. Okay. Just a couple of you. So, maybe from those who wrote, anybody wants to share? Ever write a punch call on Gunnar? Anything? Okay. Let, let, let pastor start. Okay. Wow. They heard him speak and followed Jesus. Wow. Praise God. Okay. Not I, but Christ. Wow. Nice. Any Anyone else? You want to share, sister? Going home to be with my father at last. Wow. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Okay. Anybody? Yeah. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Be saved before you come here. Wow. Nice. Cheeky. Anyone else? Yeah. You want to share? You, can, you don't want to share? Okay, no. Now, uh, why is it important to uh, write this down? a purpose statement has power in it okay it's not that it is it has power in it a purpose statement will exclude a lot of things and that is why it is important to have who is the richest man on this planet right now you are not in touch with the world <laughs> jeff bezos 112 billion dollars the first probably centi billionaire you know why jeff bezos is there amazon me andar ke amazon telsu you know why jeff bezos is there This is a purpose statement. To be Earth's most customer-centric, blah, blah, blah. And they are there. He just overtook Bill Gates. I think he was there for 18 years or so. He just overtook Bill Gates. Now, the epitaph is more or less a purpose statement. And people who don't have their purpose statement written usually wander off. Now, I am not saying it is... uh the most important thing but i am saying it is one of the most important things that will keep you on track now the thing is this if you don't know how you want to die you probably don't know how you want to live because we will not suddenly wake up some day and just get out somewhere and take a bus and go somewhere right we know where we want to go and because we know where we want to go that is how we prepare our journey right and uh, the bible says in hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 you don't have to turn to this one verse 
that for it is appointed unto man to die once and after that is judgment. And the funny thing is this, you can never miss your funeral. <laughs> okay? You can probably even miss your wedding day, but you can't miss your funeral. You will be there. And the Bible says your death day is an appointment of God. That is the appointment, the appointments of appointment. You can't miss that appointment. And you got to prepare all your life to meet God at that appointed day. Because that's when God wants to meet you. And that's when both the book of life and the books will be opened. So this evening what we will do is, there are plenty of people in the Bible about whom God wrote an epitaph. Okay, for example, for Moses God said the meekest man. For David God said, man after my own heart. After all that he did also. Right? And there's one man in Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 is like a graveyard. You know, it's like walking through a cemetery. You see, Adam lived. He lived for so many years. And then he had so many sons and daughters. And then he died. And then the next guy. And then it's like walking through a cemetery until you find one man, Enoch. About whom God said he walked with me. Right? About a lot of people, God wrote an epitaph. But we are going to look at one man who lived a perfect life. And we are going to glean and learn 10 lessons from his life. Okay? And we, so please turn to the other side of the page. Let's look at the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why is this important to study? Let me just place the uh, context before we uh, get into these 10 points. Usually, most of the times, when we think of Jesus Christ our Lord, we only try and touch and unpack the divine side of him, which is absolutely important. But a lot of times, we forget that Jesus was also human, just like you and me. Anybody 33 old here? I'm 32. Jesus is just as old as me. One and a half year and after that, he actually died and rose back. So whenever we think of Jesus, we only think of him as the son of God. Forgetting that he was also the son of man, just like you and me. Now, do you know that most of the heresies in the church history rose because of people taking one extreme? There were people who took one extreme. They said Jesus was just the son of God. And there were others who took to the other extreme saying Jesus was just the son of man. He is both. He is like the Bible. 100% God, 100% man. 100% inspired by God, 100% written by man. Jesus is fully God and fully man. So we are going to today glean some lessons. Konni Vishal, no? Jesus' life nunchi. Let us look at, okay? Let's go to the first point. Let me share 10 truths from his life. Number one. Now for every uh, point, there's a verse. So I want, I didn't print the verses unlike we do in our church. Uh, so could you please open your Bibles? Let's go to every verse and we will find the answer there. I just gave you a few blanks uh, to fill up. Let's go to the first verse, Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. If anybody is there, loud and clear, read it. Loud and clear. Louder please. Jesus grew in what? Okay, what are the areas Jesus grew in? Wisdom, stature, favor with God and favor with man. Just for our understanding, just dissect this verse. Jesus grew in four areas. Wisdom, psychologically or intellectually. Second thing is, stature, physically. Third thing is, favor with whom? God, spiritually. Third, last thing, socially. My friends, listen. 
all these four belong to God. Unfortunately, I don't know how this idea has crept into church that somehow only our spiritual life is belongs to God. We don't allow God to come into our financial areas. We don't allow God to come into uh, the interpersonal relationships. We don't allow God to become the Lord of our time. But the Bible says Jesus grew in all four areas. Intellectual, physical, spiritual, social. And the key there is grew. Now somehow we think Jesus had an undue advantage because he was the son of God. Okay, So it was all automatic for him. No, no. The word grow is basically a process. It was not like when he was born, everything was downloaded into his mind. I'm not joking, you must get this truth. Because you belong to a church where there's powerful teaching of the word. That's why I'm telling you, this is powerful. That Jesus grew in all these four areas. Right? So first blank is this. Why did, why was Jesus, why did Jesus live a perfect life? Number one, he grew as a complete man. That's the first blank. Now a complete man is not a man who wears raiments. Okay? A complete man is not a man who is intellectually smart. A complete ma- Please listen to this, okay? A complete man is not a man who is spiritually strong. That's wrong. A complete man is a man who grows in all these four areas. It is very important. Very important that we don't exclude one and take the other. Right? The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, go, uh, a wise man avoids all extremes. It's important. Because we think being spiritual is the most important thing. Somehow we brought in this divide that physical, intellectual and social is not as important as spiritual. No, that is not the truth. God wants you to grow as a complete person. And the point is you got to grow. It's not like God will give you a revelation out of thin air through a dream or a vision. He wants you to grow daily. Right? I mean, who would expect a mango tree to, mango fruit to shoot up right after you plant a seed? Does it work like that? No. But at different levels, fruit means different things. After you plant the seed, fruit means having a sampling. After a little while, fruit means having a nice bushy mango plant. After a little while, fruit means growing into a proper tree. So at different levels, fruit means different things. Okay? That is why the Bible says it is the fruit of the spirit. And the Bible, you will find this interesting in the Bible. You will Bible is not a fairy tale book. It's a down-to-earth book, right? And that is why you will not find words like fantastic and all of that in the Bible. You'll find common words, words that are words that you can relate with. And one of the words is grow. Okay? We know what growth means, right? You look at plants every day, they grow. We know what uh, growth means. Children grow. And that's how Jesus grew. That means, please listen to this. Jesus had to invest in these four areas. He had to take care of his body. He had to take care of his mind. He had to take care of his personal relationships. And he had to take care of his relationship with God. And we will see that as we go through. We will see how Jesus had to work through. It didn't come easy. Okay? Because if it came easy, then he is not a perfect sacrifice for, uh, for our sin. He had to be just like you and me. And he worked hard. Four areas. Second thing we will look at, why did, why, why, why is it a perfect life apart from being the son of God, the son of man side law? One is complete uh, man. Second thing, Luke 2 uh, is the same passage, 49 to 51. Somebody else can read. Maybe Sam can read.
Okay. And it went down with them and came to Nazareth. Mm -hmm. I was subject to that. Mm -hmm. But his mother kept all these things in the house. Okay, uh, the context simply is, they went to the temple, somehow they lost Jesus. Okay. They lost Jesus in the temple, the parents. They went about a day's journey and when they come back, they were looking for him and they finally find him with all the elders and whatever, you know, big people. He was sitting and discussing with them, asking questions and all of that. So they say, son, why did you do this? We've been looking for you. You know, what is interesting in the Bible is this, the first words of Jesus Christ in the Bible are a question. And this is what he says, why are you looking for me? And then he says, do you not know that I got to be busy in my father's business? Who is his father? Please tell me. Please tell me louder. Are you sure? Jesus never had a physical father. That's why the, 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 you can feel, you can know the inspiration of the Spirit of God through the writers that they never called Joseph the father. And he says, do you not know that I have to be busy in my father's business? That is my father, heavenly father, my father. And then later what happened? What does he, what does he do? Yeah. This is a, a fascinating thing. He went back after that. This was at the age of 12. And the next time you see him was at the age of 30. So how many years? 12, 30. 18 years. This is the one phrase in which the entire life of Jesus. Teenage till 30 was summarized into. And what is it? He subjected. Other versions say he went to Nazareth and obeyed. Okay, so please fill in the second blank and we'll talk about it. He fulfilled his family responsibilities before he stepped into fulfilling his father's business. Now, what are family responsibilities? What could have been? Taking care of the mother. Why, what happened to the father? Huh? What happened to the father? The father should take care, right? Possibly, most commentators say, possibly he could have died. That's why you see him nowhere else in the later part of the scripture, right? Now, you know that Jesus had half-brothers and sisters, right? Because uh, after Jesus was born, uh, the Bible says Mary, um, Mary and Joseph had other children. Right? If he did not have a father, I am sure he would have slogged, right? To not only fend for the family, but also to take care of his brothers and sisters after him. At the age of 30, he entered what you call full-time ministry. Although I totally disagree with, he entered what was assigned by his father. And my my director was making a, a note on this passage. Remember at the age of 30 when Jesus comes to take baptism? You hear the father speaking, what does he say? And then? I'm well pleased with him. So my, my director was saying, what did Jesus do till then? For the father to actually say that. No miracle was done. No message was preached. Nothing. And my, my director made this comment. He said, looking at the way his son lived in the house, the father could say, he's my son, my guy. I'm well pleased. Let me tell you, okay. Ministry can be one big deception where you think you are serving God while ignoring your family. And that is one deception Christians can happily fall into. I know of big guys, big guys. 
I, I mean, uh, if uh, if I have to compare, I can't even see them. That's how that's how that's where they are. They've fallen. They've fallen. Not in sin, but not fulfilling the family responsibility. John Wesley comes there. A. W. Tozer comes there. Those of you who know him, A. W. Tozer, after he died, his ma- wife married again. She said, uh, "What is it that you like about the new husband?" She said, "Tozer loved God. This man loves me." Jesus fulfilled his family responsibilities. Friends, it's very important, okay, that the father looks at you in your household and say, wow, this is my son, I am, this is my daughter, I am well pleased with him. Jesus fulfilled his family responsibilities. May I beg you in Jesus' name, young people, please, for those of you who have families, I mean, we all have family, whether we have one, you know, here or not, we have families, fulfill your responsibilities. That is what, ministry is not what you do for God, what God does through you. Okay? And Jesus fulfilled for 18 years. 30 long years he was away. In, I mean, not known to anybody. Suddenly, three and a half years and he completed the uh, mission that was given to him. But that could have not been finished had he not finished his, accomplished his family responsibilities. Jesus is a perfect example for you to complete, finish all your family responsibilities. Third thing. Let's go to the third thing. Uh, what's the verse? Let's go to Mark one thirty-five. Uh, maybe one of us can turn to Mark 135, Matthew 14, 23 to 24. Uh, Pastor, I know you told me one hour, but I think I was given a little... Okay, yeah. I'll try and finish. Yeah. 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 Mark 135, uh, uh, maybe one brother can read. Uh, Matthew, uh, sister, second thing... Oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, thank you. The third point is Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Uh, I just mentioned this, but you can read if you're there. Please read. Okay. Um, uh, you know, there are stories. There are apocryphal books, which means uh, books that are not included in the Bible. Uh, some the books are there in the Roman Catholic Bible. There are some pseudo, you know, books where people say that Jesus did miracles even when he was a child. That you know he could just g- gather some clay and dove it and make it into a small bird and just breathe it in, breathe into it, and it would become a you know bird or something like that. But the Bible uh, doesn't teach that. The first miracle Jesus performed was right. Now that happened only after the Spirit of God came. Okay, so please fill in the blank. He did not operate as the son of God, but as a son of man filled with the... Yeah. Now, was he a son of God uh, before the spirit of God came upon him? Let me ask you this. So, before the spirit came, Jesus was not a son of God. I'm asking you a question. Before the son, before the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit God came upon our Lord. Was He a Son of God or no? Was He or was He not? Now let's take a poll. How, how many of you say He was always? Okay. Oh, I thought we'll have a nice debate. <laughs> but why did He not perform any miracle before that? See, listen, uh, 
to simplify our lord's life there are the, jesus our lord played a dual role one is as god he was representing god to all of us to humanity that's right and as a man he was representing entire humanity to the father so he's setting an example saying listen you want to serve him you can do nothing by your power absolutely nothing the best you can do is nothing <laughs> okay ever ever thought about this verse isaiah 64:6 the bible says telugu lo aithe mee neeti kriyalu muriki guddalu ga unnai your righteous acts are forget about your filthy works this is the best your best is like filthy rags and let me give you the word there so that you will understand the the filthy rag there used is a menstrual pad god says that is how you know uh, disgusting it is to me now i used it because god used it so that we understand how god loads our righteousness without christ or without the spirit of god so the third thing is this anybody here if you want to be used by god you can do nothing without the spirit of god we can do nothing without the spirit of god uh, the reason i'm mentioning this is there are so many young people who are who are aspiring to be in ministry right their relationships in their homes are really <laughs> i mean there there's no proper relationship but because of their talent they want to serve god it's not talent that counts it's testimony it's whether you are under the authority of the spirit of god or no because i know of young people i work with young people i know of young people who want to serve god because they have talent because they have learned some things because they can sing well they can play well god doesn't need that right he must fill us with the spirit and uh, yeah that's the third thing let's go to the fourth thing are we on the same page are we going together yeah fourth thing is this mark 135 maybe peter can read this matthew 1423 to 24 you you want to read yeah can you read matthew 14 but after uh, brother peter read you can read sister please follow every word which version is this doesn't matter kjv okay other version say very early in the morning while it was still dark continue rising up a great while okay. before day yeah Okay. Now Jesus had a choice of time, Jesus had a choice of place, Jesus had a choice of choice. He didn't go to read the Bible. He didn't go think about how to start a church. I am not saying studying the word is not important. Somebody asked a pastor, which one is more important, studying the Bible or praying? The pastor replied saying, which is more important, inhaling or exhaling? <laughs> These are inseparable and they are inextricable from Christian life. there are like two legs on which you will either stand or fall but at that point jesus who is the incarnated word of god which is what the inspired word of god says went at a time to a place to do a particular thing and that was prayer now if you read the previous night what happened hectic ministry deliverance ministry preaching argument calling disciples hectic and by the way jews started 6 in the morning and it ended 6 in the evening they sleep pretty early right But the Bible says 
you know, they had the packed ministry. They were in Peter's house the night before that. A lot of people came because Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. A lot of people came, flocked around the house of Peter. So they must have had late night ministry. But then the Bible says Jesus was very early in the morning. While it was still dark, the rest of the gang were sleeping. Probably four were there. Peter and his brother, John and his brother. Okay? They were sleeping. Jesus goes. Now what is interesting is, after a few verses, don't read, we don't have time. After a few verses, Jesus is praying, Peter and the others come and say, they they go looking for Jesus and say, Jesus, where are you? We've been looking for you. Everybody is looking for you. And then Jesus says, let us go to another town or a village and let us preach the word of God for that is why I have come. Now the point is this, okay, listen to this carefully. You and I pray because we want to do something. You have an exam, you pray. You want to preach, you pray. You have, you want to know God's will regarding your marriage, you pray. You pray because you want to do something. Jesus did because he prayed. I, I hope you get this right. Entire work of Jesus was born out of his prayer lives. I had to do a paper. I had to present a paper in our YFC staff group. I studied the prayer life of Jesus. It, it's the pinnacle of his life. Jesus, we pray because we want to do something. Jesus did something because he prayed. They didn't pray. They are saying, let's go where people are calling. Jesus prayed. He's saying, let's go where God is calling. They didn't pray. Jesus, uh, the, the disciples say, everybody is looking for you. Let's please people. Jesus prayed. He's saying, no, let's please God. Okay. The next blank is this. Why is it a perfect life? He prayed and therefore, yeah, yeah. Therefore, he worked. Now, I want, uh, 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 you are reading, right? Yeah. Sister also will read one verse. Please follow this verse. I don't think it is very, uh, no, the translation uh, word that I'm looking for is not there in English, but we might as well read it and then I'll explain it to you in Telugu. Can you read it? Now, this, uh, yeah, please read. And when he had sent the multitude from it, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Cross which way, for the wind was Okay, um, I don't know if this is the correct verse. There's a passage in the Bible, I think this is the, does anybody have a heading there? Gee, John was beheaded. The other place? Yeah. Now listen to this, okay? John the Baptist died. John the Baptist, I think, was the cousin of Jesus Christ. He died. The news comes. Jesus takes time off to go to pray. Okay? And then when he goes to a solitary place, multitudes come. Okay? Please follow this scenario. Multitudes come. So obviously, he can't send them away. He does a miracle. After that, he sends them away. Telugu, in Telugu, this is the translation. He um, pressurized his disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side. Telugu lo ite, ayna tanu sishin, ah balavantam bittedu. Arey listen to this, okay? This is very important. For Jesus, prayer was so important. Communing with his father was so important. He said, ministry is after this. He, you know what? What we say usually, I've seen this, okay? And this happens to me also. The the more you grow in Christian life, somehow two things get affected badly: your Bible study time and your prayer time. These things get affected badly. But Jesus is exactly the opposite. The more he grew, the more he prayed. And he pressurized. We say we are pressurized and therefore I am not able to pray and I am a quiet time. Jesus had the pressure of praying so he actually pushed others away. I mean he came for everybody, right? In one sense. Are you with me? Some of you are looking through me. Are you with me? What did I say? 
I said what did I say? Please listen carefully, okay? Let's go to the next one. Uh, let's go to the next one. John 4, somebody else can read this. John 4 verse 6 and then John 4 verse 32 and 34. 4th chapter, 6th verse. Uh, the context is, the he was going to meet the Samaritan woman. He was hungry. So he sends the disciples away or the disciples away go to get some food. This is the context. Can somebody read? 4, 6, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is the 6th hour for Hebrews? It is 12 o'clock in the afternoon. They start at 6 in the morning. So 12 o'clock, Sana would have been right on the top of his head, varied from his journey and he was taking the longer route because he wanted to go through Samaria and uh, he was very, definitely thirsty because that's what he asked the Samaritan woman for. I'm sure he would have been hungry also. I'm thinking this could be wrong, but he was definitely tired and thirsty. At this point of time, what happened? Samaritan woman comes and you know the discourse that happens. And then in few seconds, the son of man filled with the spirit of God, you know, ministers to this lady and this lady comes to know the Lord and she becomes the missionary for the rest of the, you know, uh, Samaria. Now, verse 32 and 34. Somebody, yeah, brother, can you read verse 32 and 34? So the disciples came back, right? And then they say, oh, uh, uh, they're like, why is he talking to him? They're talking to her, but they don't say anything, right? And then this is what the disciples, or Jesus said. Okay, so Jesus is saying, I had food to eat that you know nothing about. Obviously, that was a reply to the question. Master, why don't you eat some food? Rabbi, why don't you eat some food? We got some biryani or whatever for you. Then Jesus says, I have food for you that you know nothing of. And what is that food? Okay. Okay. Huh. Wow. What is Jesus food it seems? To, so the more Jesus did the will of the father, it was like pleasure to him. It was tasty. Like it was nourishment. He was strengthened. Dude, sorry, getting recorded, right? Okay. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this, this is contrary to our thinking. We think I have to be energized to God's will. Jesus is saying to do God's will is being energized. Are you with me? And I'll tell you why he says that in one of the verses. But to do God's will is, hey, let me say this, okay? Um, sin is worship gone wrong. Even if you don't understand this, no problem. Okay? For those of you who are understanding, let me just talk to you. Sin is worship gone wrong. Do you know God is a God of pleasure? There are two kinds of people. Okay? Please try and understand this. This is important. Two kinds of people. One category for whom God is their desire. There's another category for whom their desire is their God. There's a thin line of difference. Both of them come to church. Both of them take baptism. Both of them are ministry. In fact, those people for whom desire is their God, they are more explicit in their expressions towards God. Sometimes. But the difference is this. For people, uh, for this category, for whom God is their desire, for them, God is their pleasure. But for people for whom desire is their God, you know what it is. Pleasure is their God. For people for whom God is their desire, 
God is their salvation. But for people for whom desire is their God, salvation is their God. For people for whom God is their desire, have I confused enough? You with me? Yeah, yeah. For people for whom God is their desire, God is their heaven. God is their joy, their pleasure, their satisfaction, their deepest longing. They look at him like a lover. And David has always reserved his best emotions, expressions for God. You look at some of the Psalms, you will think like David is talking to a long lost lover. As if they found themselves in a locked room. Deep and romantic words. Because God, for him, is his deepest pleasure. And there are others for whom desire is their God. For them, for people for whom God is their desire, God is their money. God is their satisfaction. God is their hunger, their food. But for people for whom desire is their God, it's exactly the opposite. Read 150 Psalms, you will nowhere find, O light, you are my God. It always says, O God, you are my light. O God, you are my salvation. O God, you are my joy. O God, you are my satisfaction. Are you getting it? So please fill in this blank and we'll talk about it a little more. He reserved, Jesus reserved the best energy for the highest work of his life. And what is the highest work? His father's will. Jesus reserved. Um, Let me just say this. Uh, I am not an experienced person to say this like Pastor Vijay or Pastor James. But with whatever I understood from these few years of ministry, let me say this. Don't give away your youth for ministry. Please. Leonard Ravenel says, go and hide. Let God work in you, man. Let God work in you. When was Noah called to build the ark? What was his age? Huh? You are out of touch with the Bible. <laughs> 600. Okay. How many years did Noah live for approximately? Can I have some water? How many years did Noah live for? Don't turn. Around 900 change. So that means the first two quarters of his life were over before God could call him for the work that God has assigned for him. When did God call Moses for ministry? 80. How many years did he live for? So the first two quarters were gone before God could call him for ministry. Uh, Pastor, I'll take this. Thank you. Thank you very much. When did, uh, 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 when was Abraham called? For salvation at least. 75. Right? 75 is an average retirement age. Now, on the other hand, there are people who are called pretty young. David, Joseph, Samuel, John the Baptist, X, Y, Z. The point is this. The point is this. A lot of us are eager to do something for God. No, please stop it. God doesn't need anything from us. Let him do his work in us. And then the outflow of it will be ministry. And God, the father worked on his son's life. And I'm using it intentionally. Because Jesus was just a man like you and me. Not sinful. But a man like you and me. God the father worked on his son for 30 years. And three and a half years, gunshot, the game was done. Three and a half years. How did he accomplish such a mission, man? 30 years, his father worked on him, chiseled him. And three and a half years, game close. And Jesus reserved his best energy for his father's business. During a time when you're really tired, when you're hungry, it is not a sinful thing to look for water and food. And you're not any extra spiritual if you're looking for ministry. But for Jesus, doing the will of the father is like eating a proper meal. Right? He reserved his best. Please reserve your best. There will come a time where God will say, come on, this is the time. Enter. Before that, don't use off everything. There is something called premature success. 
and I was praying in, on, on YFC uh, building. I used to stay there before I got married. I was praying on the terrace. There's a huge mango tree, okay? So it was summer season, there were plenty of mangoes. Usually this tree has plenty of mangoes. And then I saw a fruit. It was ripe. It's like, it's like HD yellow. Ripe, okay? But it was small. Yeah. Okay. Right. But it was a small fruit. Then I was thinking, it's, it's, it's ripe, but it's not mature. See, you got to grow, and then if you're ripe, you're useful, right? But it was immature, but it was ripe. A lot of us are like that. A lot of knowledge, a lot of this, a lot of talent, a lot of experience. We're not mature. Maturity is something else. And Jesus reserved his best. May I tell you, young people, some of you are definitely younger to me. May I tell you, encourage you, reserve your best. There will come a time when God will say, come on, join the team now. Until then, equip yourself. Uh, Os Guinness, I, was, I heard a, a preacher quote this. Os Guinness wrote a book called The Call, in which he was actually quoting a, a, a second century historian, I think. The, the historian said, the tables that Jesus Christ and his father Joseph made, father in the sense, you know, earthly father, made, were actually even there during the second century. What is God asking you to do? Give it your best shot. With me? You have to study, study like you are basically preparing for a sermon, last sermon of your life. Look at everything as a service to God and prepare yourself because when the right time comes, God uses you. Okay, let me, um, where should I mention this? Let me ask you this question. Why was, uh, why, why, uh, uh, to whom did God give the law? Why? Huh? Please. He went to school. Others were working in tapi work. They were, they were, they were maestries. They were building Ramases for Pharaoh. Are you with me? I'm not joking. Others didn't go to school. He, this guy went to school. Why was Paul given the half of the New Testament? He went to school. Went to university. Go study properly. There will come a time where God says come and work. Are you with me? Okay. Uh, let's go to the next thing. Sixth thing. Okay. Okay. This is very important. Uh, uh, from uh, There are several verses uh, printed there. John 2, 4, don't turn to any of these verses. John 2, 4, John 7, 30, 8, 20, 9, 4, 11, 23, 31. All these verses are from the Gospel of John. One of the key words in the Gospel of John is the hour. Jesus' uh, mother comes and says, son, the wine, they've run out of wine, do something. What does Jesus say? My hour has not yet come. And then the Bible says, because his hour has not yet come, they didn't stone him, crucify him, whatever, right? All those are similar verses. Now please fill in the blank, we will talk about it. He was ruthlessly possessive about his time. You ever wondered why Jesus was sleeping in the boat? There was a storm. You remember there's a passage in the Bible where Jesus was sleeping? What were the others? If you and I were there, we would have probably taken selfies. Videos to put on Instagram. Look at this flood, we were caught in this or uh, storm. Why was Jesus sleeping? It's called time management. He used less usable times for less important things. And he always knew when to do the best work and when not to. There were some places Jesus never went to. Sent a word, he was healed. Definitely, absolutely, it is 
a display of his glory, no doubt about it. But Jesus knew how to manage his time. He was ruthlessly possessive about his time. You know what is the first thing that's called holy in the Bible? Time. Because the Bible says he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Every second you spend is a holy time. Brothers, listen, it is one thing that is common. Time. Time. It is time. How was he ruthlessly possessive about his time? Let's look at one verse uh, that is, yeah, the verse that is highlighted, it is in bold uh, thing and it's underlined. John 7. Is that the verse? Yeah, John 7, 6 to 10. Somebody quickly read this entire part. You know, the context is this. Jesus was supposed to go to the feast. But then the brothers are saying, nobody in his own house believed him. So brothers are like, you know, you want to be a public figure, right? Come on, go out and show yourself. Nobody wants to be a public figure. Hides like you, you know. It is like, stop being a coward. Go out, show yourself and all of that. What does Jesus say? Please read. Okay. Okay, please stop there. Any other version? Any other version? Okay. KJV, what does it say? It says, when Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come. Okay, there's a, some version says, fully come. My time has not yet. Some version says, not yet fully come. I think later, uh, Peter read, uh, sorry, Sam, read Sam. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. Okay. But your time is all in Okay. 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 Yeah, eight was. Stay, read, brother. Ah, fully come. He says, my time has not yet come. By the time he finished saying that, probably he says it's not yet fully come. Now let's see what happens after that. When he had said this things to them, he remained in You know what Jesus is saying? Probably a few minutes ago, I don't know when this happened. They said, why don't you go? Jesus said, my time has not yet come. And then Jesus later after a while said, my time has not yet fully come. And then, later, they go, as soon as they go, he leaves. The point is, the point is, how much time would it have taken for the brothers to leave and then for him to leave? Probably not much, because the Bible says, after they left, he left. The thing is this, Jesus was a second man. Jesus was a second man. He knew his seconds very well. After they left, before they left the time didn't come. As soon as they left the time came fully. You know this happens a lot of times in the Bible. He waits for seven days appointed by Samuel, Saul. As soon as he slaughters the cow or whatever, Samuel comes. Listen, the catch is between Time coming and time fully coming. Jesus was just like his father. Because when the fullness of time came, God sent his son. Not when time came, the fullness of Jesus was ruthlessly possessive about his time. May I tell you this in in, 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 in one word? You cannot kill time without hurting eternity. It's impossible. Every second you waste here, 
definitely will show up in your eternity. You cannot kill time without hurting eternity. And somebody said, whether you waste time in hours, it doesn't matter if you waste time in hours. Actually, most of our time gets wasted in minutes, it seems. And the illustration is this. A bucket that is, has, uh, you know, a small leak will get as empty as a bucket that is kicked over. It's just a matter of time. How many of you are unhappy with this illustration? Some of you are like that. If a bucket has a small hole, the water will get empty. Will the bucket get empty or no? And a bucket that is kicked over also will be emptied. It's just a matter of time. So the point is this. Jesus was ruthlessly possessive about his time. I may encourage you to be ruthlessly possessive about your time. How many of you went to buy something shopping on your own? Anything. From buying a, a dozen eggs to buying clothes. Let's say if this t-shirt, you went to buy this t-shirt or top, whatever in Big Bazaar, right? Assume that this is 500. How much will you pay? I want an answer. You don't have to go to school for this. How, how much will you pay? 500. Was there ever a time you said, every time I'm paying 500, today I'm bored, let me pay 2000? Huh? I'm really angry with my parents. I really don't like them. I'm going to pay 3000 today. See, when you don't pay one paisa extra, why do you waste hours together just because you're bored on something? Just because you're angry with something, you sit with YouTube and hours go away. Are you understanding the equation? And time is the platform on which the entire barter system of life happens. I don't want to waste Did you get it? Jesus was always, always, always busy. But he never wasted time. Do you know there's a passage in the Bible which says, there is a time for everything? Can you, yeah, what are, what are the, some of the things there's a time for? To live, to laugh, to cry, to plant, to, to, to gather, to scatter, to dance, to not to dance, to kill, to heal. But there's no time to waste. Listen, from growing beards to growing ministry, do all that you want in your life. But don't waste a single second. Whatever you want to do. You want to sleep, sleep. You want to watch YouTube, watch. You want to be on Instagram, be. Do anything you want, but don't waste time. Now, how you value time based on what is valuable in eternity. Are you with me? What matters in eternity? Do those things the most. You will never waste time. Okay, let's go to the next thing. Uh, yeah, seventh one. He lived with a one-line purpose statement. And what is that? Your will and not mine. Please fill in that blank. You all know that. Uh, uh, we don't have to turn to that verse. But let's look at John 8.29. One verse. John 8.29. Why? Why? You know why the father never let Jesus? Why is it that we miss God's presence a lot of times? Not because God is a genie existing on our imaginative skills. Okay. He doesn't go out of existence when you stop imagining. He comes into existence. No. You do always what pleases God. God is with you. Okay. I heard Sinclair Ferguson actually once say this. Jonah chapter 1. The Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah. You remember that passage? And then what does the word of the Lord say? Go to Nineveh. And where does he go? He's calling him. Tarshish, right? Have you heard of time? 
10 more minutes and I'll close, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, where does uh, the Lord, uh, yeah, where does the word of the Lord ask him, ask him to go? Now, interesting, the Bible doesn't say the Lord came, the word of the Lord came, right? And the word of the Lord is a recurring phrase in Old Testament, to Jeremiah, to Haggai, Hosea, X, Y, Z, everybody, the word of the Lord comes. But every time the word of the Lord came, they didn't sit up and listen to it like a message. They knew it was God, okay? Go to Tarshish, uh, go to Nineveh, where does our brother go? Tarshish. You read that word, it says, Jonah got up, bought a ticket for himself and he went to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. You move away from the word of God, it is moving away from the presence of God. Now that doesn't mean if you have a lot of memory and you store up a lot of verses, you are in the presence of God. Obeying the word of God is actually the way God manifests his presence in our lives. In other words, the moment you miss the presence of God, it is because you are not living in obedience to the word of God. That's why Jesus said in John 14 verse 20, 21 I think whoever has my commands and obeys them he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. How many of you want to see Jesus? Not after you die. Uh, no, No options then. But you want to see Jesus now? The promise is this. You obey me and check me out on my promise. With me? So the next truth is this. He had one purpose statement and the purpose statement is if Jesus had an epitaph stone for those three days when he was in the tomb, the stone epitaph would have been not my will, your will. What a statement. right? For those of you who wrote down one line epitaph statements, the question is this. Are you living like that? Right? Christian life is not about how you die. It's about how you live also. Both are important, right? It's about how I live determines how I actually heading towards my death. So he lived with a one line purpose statement. Next thing, John 12, 49. Somebody should read this verse uh, and then we will, yeah, sister read. For I have not spoken on my own authority. Okay what to say and what to speak. Please fill in the blank. He never listened to anybody except his father. He didn't counsel anyone for a second opinion in his life. How important it is. Please uh, let me give the counterpart of it, the balance. In the multitude of counselors there is. We need. Okay. But the counselor should be God's counselors. Okay. Jesus doesn't listen to anybody. He was like a radical and you are talking about Arjun Reddy. Jesus, a radical. You know what? He never listened to anybody. My mother says, do this. Woman, what have I to do with you? Oh, sorry. My hour has not yet come. Peter says, you shall never die like that. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Peter would have freaked out, I am telling you. <laughs> okay. And then the Pharisees come and say this. Nothing doing. Uh, mother of James and John comes and says, please give right hand, left hand to my children. Nothing doing. He never... Never listen to anybody. Now why am I saying this? Because he listened to one voice, the only one voice that everybody ought to listen to. Who was it? I forgot his name. said, you know, why, when, when the canonicity of the Bible was going on, conferences, right? Back then. He said, why do you want to, you know, take this book into the Bible? Yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, if you do this, the whole world will be against you. He said, I am against the whole world. You with me? 
the thing is this jesus never listened to anybody uh, again counter is important we must have godly mentors counselors but no matter who that counselor is his voice must come through the word of god god's word is god's voice okay no man nobody not even church has the authority to dictate it is the word of god that is the voice of god that will teach you jesus never listened to anybody because he listened to one voice next one uh, yeah he was a man of any guesses one book spurgeon right said visit many books but live in one and that is the uh, book of uh, the bible right now why did i put this as a part of jesus perfect life is uh, jesus did everything for what to fulfill what is written in the scriptures i mean that was his manual textbook that was everything for him he lived to fulfill everything that's why i think matthew quotes about 52 old time old testament quotations and close to 72 times he actually refers to the old testament matthew according to the, uh, this happened so that the scripture might be fulfilled everything in john actually the way jesus dies is this knowing that he has finished everything completed everything he said i am thirsty that's the last thing and after that he said father into my hands i give my spirit he was a man of one book how many of you love reading books really great you know philippians 4:8 says finally brethren whatever is true holy pure eight things are there meditate on those things you know a christian should have a pleasure menu book otherwise you'll constantly look for pleasures that will never give you pleasure appealing to be pleasures but are not pleasures okay and satan is a master at it okay any pleasure has a counterfeit because you know why because satan hates pleasure god loves pleasure are you with me god loves sex satan hates it that is why so many perversions god has preserved it one man one wife so many perversions god wants you to live in abundance satan doesn't want abundance doesn't listen is uh, the lord is my shepherd i shall not lack ante doesn't mean you will have everything you will know that you will not need everything you will know what you need and your gold is god right your solid treasure un uh, inexhaustible treasure is god and you will catch hold of him and you'll keep chasing god like a madman nowhere god says why are you chasing me so much go and play <laughs> sometimes right so jesus was a man of one book i was just talking to one brother who came to one of our bible studies last night i said i asked him how do you know are you saved how are you assured of your salvation he said my personal experience i said okay dude somebody from iskon comes international you know sri krishna consciousness comes and says okay my experience tells me in krishna that i am saved then he said no 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 that is not true i will then ask him if his salvation is true not his experience of salvation salvation is true then i said what is the basis for you you tell me that you are saved i know he is a believer young chap growing passionate and all that he said how do you know that you are saved then he said you know there are a lot of evidences ana there is this uh, ev- i said okay what evidence for what evidence for truth i said okay how do you know something is true he said you know the natural ways there and then philosophical ways there historical ways there i said 
so you are you basing your assurance of salvation on the natural way natural way and on philosophical reasons history you don't have to understand any of this okay because this is not important i'll tell you what is important oh i said then finally he said you know how do you know that jesus died nobody saw did anybody see how do you, i i'm asking you a question did you see how then why do you believe i won't ask you this i asked him he said because uh, you know historian josephus says this oh i'm saying okay so josephus says and you trust josephus is that your best argument and he said uh, because i was trying to push him to a point finally he said because it is written in the bible he said dude that is the only reason you have to believe history doesn't prove the bible history is an illustration for the bible it is bible that proves history and philosophy and reason and x and y and z i am not saying these are not important we can go to an extreme these are important that's why god has done everything in history right there's a theology is the queen of sciences and philosophy is its handmaid these are important but they don't prove the point they only say that the point is right don't worry if you didn't understand the point is this the point the simple point is this this book i'm telling you this book it is im it it, it is not uh, i don't know what word to use it is eternally impossible to disprove this book really now that doesn't mean i know all the answers i sit with an atheist for a debate i may lose i can't prove god's existence to him but that will not disprove what god did to me in my life got it you know john mccarthy heard of john mccarthy john mccarthy wrote a study bible he wrote that study bible after 20000 hours and he made a statement a well respected man there could be differences doesn't matter he, because there is peter and paul in the same church when the spirit of god came okay paul was not there but other but the point is this listen you know what he said i have studied this thoroughly the more i study the more i know it, it proves to me that this is an indisputable book that's why somebody said if bible is the bible is a god all the books will bow down to worship it is be a be a man of one book read in as much as you want right even a pastor says that in the church right read my friends well, let me tell you live by this book and jesus did that jesus said it is written therefore i will do it is written i have to fulfill it john comes and says why are you coming to me i need to take baptism from you what does he say let us do so to fulfill all righteousness that is that is righteousness not because you are unrighteous and you are doing it but because it is righteous and you are doing it doesn't matter if you didn't get it okay let's go to the next thing next thing last one last one john 1930 yeah what is the blank yeah what did jesus say what did jesus say jesus did not say i am finished it is finished how important it is for us to because you are not finished because god is not finished he'll never be finished and if you are his child you are never finished but you have to finish something and that is the work assigned for us let me ask you this question what are we going to do in heaven what work will you do hmm oh knowing him worship him for some people heaven is like a eternal sunday service <laughs> Uh, if you are a good reader let me prescribe a book to you by randy alcon it's called heaven okay if you ever find that please read it do you know that in heaven in the new in eternity there's going to be a lot of work 
there'll be jobs, there'll be positions, there'll be work, there'll be economy, there'll be so much more. For Lewis says, listen to this, for Lewis says, about eternity, we know very little. I'm paraphrasing it. This is the coal that we see here. That is the diamond. This is the root. That is the flower. This is the shadow. That is the reality. What you see here is, my friends, it's, it's just a shadow. Picture, Abhi. Okay, the real thing is coming up, friends. Get up. Study as much as you can. Learn as much as you can. Work as much as you can. Gain knowledge as much as you can. Even in the thousand year millennial reign, whatever our opinion, ideas are about it, there's much work to do. Jesus finished his work. Let's brush these, uh, brush through these four, uh, ten points uh, once. Uh, one perfect life. Why? He started well. He was a complete man. Be an all-rounder. Don't go to extremes. Second thing, Finish your family responsibilities before God calls you to do something that he exclusively wants you to do. Third thing, you want to serve him? How can you serve him? A talents, everything. It's important to go to school. Moses went. But it was only after God called him, it was useful. And all that he had was a dead wooden stick. <laughs> right? But a mind filled with all that he learned. Third thing, fourth thing, should we work? Should we uh, work because... Should we pray because we want to work? That is important. Don't go to extreme. But let your work be born out of prayer as well. Next one. Please reserve your best energy for God's will. Right? Next one. Please be ruthlessly possessive about your time. I, I want to stress on this. Please be ruthlessly possessive about your time. Right? I was off from Facebook for just about a month or a month and a half. I suddenly realized I have so much time. And the world still continued to exist without me. <laughs> Can I tell you a joke? Okay. I am going to a busy important meeting. One uncle sends me a message. Badam milk, sugar, some papaya juice, how these three things can reduce cancer? I don't want to know, dude. It's a video message. 15 minutes. I don't have to know. And another uncle messages me. Two peacocks flying in two different directions, I think. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I will not. <laughs> Do you get these such messages? Do you or don't you? I don't want to have. I want to have a rubbish Wednesday. What's, what's that to you? So listen. The Bible says redeem your time. You know what redeeming is? Buying back. How do you buy back? By going and re- by going and buying it in the place where you have sold your time. Not saying WhatsApp is bad, Instagram is bad, Facebook is bad, whatever current social media things are bad. They're not bad. But listen, you must master them. Don't let them master you. Right? So that's what Jesus says. Don't want to preach again. Okay? Reserve your best energy. Positive about time. And then uh, seventh thing, your will and not my will. Now, most of us struggle with this. Unfortunately, Christians have, at least in, in, in India, in the southern, southern part of India, have reduced God's will to three things. Okay? Education. What is God's will regarding my education? Second thing is marriage. And if you are a little extra spiritual, should I join ministry or not? Now, how will you know God's will? How will you know God's will? Okay, listen to this. 
when we when we uh, obey the revealed will of god the unrevealed will will be known to us so what is the revealed will of god first salvation second holiness and then there are a lot of other things in all situations uh, pray continually thanksgiving and all that so when we continue to walk in the revealed will of god that's when god will give us the specific will and we must make sure we are following in the revealed will of god the next thing is he never listen to us. so we need to have counselors godly counselors but let the voice be the word of god right the next thing is man, man of one book okay uh, make you know you heard of jonathan edwards anybody jonathan edwards tore every page in his bible and put another white page after every page restitched it because he wanted to study every word okay make a you know let's say i am 32 now i said okay i'm going to let's say i'm going to die at 60 god willing if i die before that also god willing but if i die at 60 i said okay i've got how many years left now 28 so i said okay 28 years let me study 28 books of the bible solidly i'm not going to ignore the other books but let me devote 28 years of my life for solid study of god's word now that will put my life in perspective right so you devote yourself to the study of god's word and the last thing is jesus finished his work how important it is for us to finish after jesus who else said i finished what did he say i have what's the order so how will you finish it's a fighting fight second thing you have to keep something that's the faith and then i have so it's a race this is how we say i have also finished shall we read the last verse together prayerfully asking god to help us as we pray now last verse hebrews 4:14 to 16 seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need what a god we have what a man we have in heaven right uh, for i hope you know that forever jesus will be a god man forever right so somebody was saying he god became man he took part in man's nature because he wants to make make us part of divine nature first peter second peter chapter 1 verse 3 it's not good to close without praying shall we spend 15 minutes are we late pastor huh? okay 10 minutes maybe okay shall we just uh, spend some time in prayer